We want to welcome you to the New Song Podcast, coming to you from beautiful Colorado Springs. We love receiving your prayer requests and comments at newsongcs.com. Thanks for listening as Pastor Stephen Hibden shares an encouraging word of God's love. On hope, it's a great subject. There's not a better subject um, except Jesus, and I think Jesus is our hope, so I think that works. Hope, by definition of the word, is grounds for believing that something good may come to pass in our lives. And next week, we're going to talk a little bit about, more about um, what hope means to us. But today, I want to talk about what happens when what God says, okay, what God says doesn't equal what I see. I learned a song as a teenager in the 80s by a rock band called Petra. We called them rock back then. And they sang this song, and it was called not by sight. Walk by faith and not by sight. I didn't even know it was a Bible verse. I just knew it was a cool song. And I started living by that, that you don't walk by sight. You walk by faith, not by sight. And then you just take the next step and you trust that God's going to get you where you need to go. But sometimes God will lead us places. And this is going to speak to all of us in the room. How do you know that? Because it's the word of God. I believe it will. And the Holy Spirit is in this room. Sometimes we walk, play, or God talks to us about some things he's asked us to do. Or we think that we're supposed to do as Christians. But we can't see where it is. What God says doesn't match what we see. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 says something very simple yet complex. That I will not take time to explain today. I'm going to explain a little bit more next week. But it's this. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's evidence. It's real. You see the evidence all over, all around you. Well, I don't. Look around. You'll see it. The evidence of things that you actually can't see yet. Well, what do you mean by that? I, I, don't, I don't understand. My brother uh, Ron told me this. He, he, he uh, summarizes hope like this. I believe you said it, a while, it was a while back, but a confident expectation, was that you? Based on the truth of God's word. This hope we can take to the bank, and I want to title this message today, Take Another Lap. What are you talking about? I don't like running. It's another running analogy. I still don't like running. We talked about running in the last series, and it keeps coming back up. And I don't know what God's telling you, but he must be telling you to keep running. And now today he's telling you to take another lap. Would you bow your heads with me? Lord, we thank you for this time. We're not praying right now to ask you to be a part. We know that you're already in the room. And sometimes we don't acknowledge that you're here. And so we acknowledge you're here. And we want to be honest with you, God. There are times we want to give up. There are times that what you've said to us, what you've promised us, we don't see. And if there is someone in this room today that is just about ready to give up, we ask the Holy Spirit to speak through this word today and give strength to them to take another lap. I pray for all of those who are on their another lap or on their third lap or on their fourth lap. I pray, and maybe they're not even discouraged, I pray that they would remember the wind is on their back, the Holy Spirit is with them. If they are following you, if they are seeking after you, help them to know that you will bring whatever it is to completion in their life. In Jesus' name, amen. How many people in the room, um, this is going to be a whole lot of you, I'm sure. How many love exercising? You just love it. 
Yes, probably, probably Karina would raise her hand if she's still in there. Yes, you, you just love exercise. Well, I do. I love it. No, I don't. I don't. I go uh, often. I'll call it often. Seldom, rarely, occasionally. One of those, I go to, the, to, to my gym, <laughs> of course, because you can tell <laughs> that uh, I've been going to the gym lately. And um, the thing is, here's the thing. When I go to the gym, we, go, we start on the treadmill. And the treadmill is um, a cool thing because I know, like, if I go out running like Bill, like, he's crazy. He goes out running around the neighborhood. I wouldn't know when to stop or how long it's to be. Like, I, if I turn here, it's going to be a lot longer before I get home. So I don't know. Maybe I'll just go around uh, my mailbox and then come back, right? And um, at the gym, you know, like, I set it for... Um, one minute <laughs> or whatever, I set it for how long I'm going to run, and then I watch it as I run at uh, nine, 19. It's really fast. I'm just going. Or maybe it's just 1.9. I'm not sure. But I'm, I'm going, and I'm seeing the people around me, and I'm looking at 1.9, and they're at like 6.9, and I'm like this, and they're like just walking along. But anyways, I know when it's over because it'll, it's counting down. It's a countdown. It's like, okay, I got uh, three minutes left. I got two minutes left. All right, I'm doing good. I, I know I can do it because I only got 30 seconds left. Even though I feel like I want to quit, I know it's only 30 seconds left. And that's how um, I wish life was because um, I, I would lose hope if I didn't see that uh, that meter. This is kind of like some of you in the room. You're looking at your watch, waiting for the service to be over. You're like, I know it's coming. It's coming soon. I know I, I, I can. I, if I just only hold on a little bit longer. If you don't lose hope, hope is a great thing. Unfortunately, life doesn't always give us a gauge like a treadmill, does it? Did you have a gauge this week of how long your kids are going to be complaining or how long you're going to have to last on this or whatever the thing is? What happens when we can't see how much longer, how much further? What happens when everything around us says to give up and quit? Does that happen to anyone in the room? You feel like ever feeling like everyone's perfect? Is everyone perfect in the room today? I feel like giving up sometimes. Thank you, Maria. <laughs> Me and you. What happens when a walk by faith is not enough? We're going to look at Joshua 6. It's a familiar passage that encourages us to do something. It encourages us when we're ready to give up to do the opposite of what we want to do. What the coach would have told you on the, on the, on the basketball team, take another lap. Verse 1. Joshua 6, chapter 6, verse 1, I'm going to read it in the NIV version. It says this, now the gates of Jericho were securely barred. Is that verse 1? Take up the ark. No, verse, yeah, I said 6. I told you 6. You may not have this. It's okay. We'll get to 6. It says this. I'm only reading one verse. The gates of Jericho were securely barred. No one went out. No one came in. Jericho is a story in the Bible of history, that's true, but it's not there for a story for a Sunday school lesson. It's included because it relates to us, and it represents things in our lives. Oh, how profound, right? It represents we have walls in our lives. It represents we have things that are just almost impossible. No one came in 
and no one came out. They're going to attack a, a city that no one came in and no one came out. This was an impossible situation. May I say to you, we all have a Jericho. May I say this, how many are ready to conquer a Jericho in my life? Maybe you don't even know, like, it's not even uh, clear what the Jericho is. It'll, be, it'll begin to get clearer as we talk today, more clear. I don't call things impossibilities unless I'm in a weak moment, right? I call them, we should all call them, opportunities for hope. Oh, well, that's nice. That's nice for you. I have an opportunity to hope. I don't have an impossibility before me. We all have things that we don't believe are going to happen. This is an opportunity for hope. Whether it's in a marriage, in your job, your calling, your dreams, whatever it is that you thought was too hard to stay the course. I just can't see where I'm going. I, I don't know the next step. I just, it's not easy. I thought this was going to be an easy walk. I can't do this. I'm turning back. If you have or if you are in a situation like this, can I encourage you that right when you think you can't st stand strong any longer, this is going to sound a little Pentecostal, but that's okay, I believe. Walls are just about ready to fall in your life. Just when you think you can't go any further, walls are about to ready to fall in your life. And God is just about, not just ready, but just about ready to do the impossible in your life. That thing you've been hoping for is just around the corner. Can I encourage you, my friends? My brothers, my sisters, take it for what you want. But with God's hope, just take another lap. Maybe it's something that intimidates you. Here's the thing. In, in Christianity, Christian people, believers, they can be so wimpy. <laughs> Can't they? They can be so wimpy. They can have, I, I talked about one week about grit. Like, come on, have a little grit. Step up and do what you're supposed to do. I mean, come on, seriously. Why are Christians known as the wimpy people in the world, right? And then people that don't have Jesus, what, that doesn't make sense. We should be the most courageous, most confident people. And it seems like if something just a little bit scares us, Oh, I have fear, Pastor. Oh, boy, I'm filled with fear. I just can't handle it. I am so worried. I am so anxious. I just And yes, that is a real thing. But sometimes that is not the reason to stop. That is not the wall of God saying, stop right here. Don't go any further. Maybe the fear is reason to push on, to push forward. Maybe the same thing that intimidates you or makes you afraid or is the same thing that you need and that God is calling you towards. It's not always, oh, he's closed the door. He just closed the door so I can't go this way anymore. I will not pursue this job. I will not pursue this person. I will not, um, uh, I can't witness to my neighbor because God closed the door. It was just way too fearful. You know, if I did that, I would never be married to Cynthia. I know that one of my biggest fears as a kid was, I don't want to marry the wrong person, right? And so I, I told her, you know, you're the, you're the wrong person for me. I don't want you in my life. Um, we will never be back together. I know we've been together three years, but it's over. We don't even think that it's so terrible that I said this. I had a false prophecy someone gave me. I had my brother wanting me to marry his wife's sister and I'm like oh man and then I realized 
oh my gosh, my dad knocked some sense into me. He punched me, what he did. He punched me in the nose. No, he didn't. And, um, and he told me I needed to um, look, at, look at my heart and what do I want. And I wanted to marry Cynthia. And then if I, w if I would have been too fearful, I would have missed out on um, a lot of yelling at home. And no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> No, I would. She's the most amazing lady. I know that we're coming into Valentine's, and I don't do this, and she doesn't want me to do this. But there is no one more talented, more gifted, more amazing than Cynthia. She's awesome. She blesses me. You you don't know half the stuff that she does around here. You don't know half the stuff she does in our community, in our school. All these things. She's just like the perfect wife, and I got really lucky. But um. Wow. Um, the first two says, Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Cynthia into your hands. Take her. No, I have delivered Jericho into your hands. She's going to be like, That was so romantic. You, you compared me to Jericho. A lot. I've, I've delivered them into your hands with its kings and its fighting men. Notice he doesn't say this in verse 2. I, I have delivered. He says, I, he says um, I have delivered, but it hasn't happened yet. It didn't happen yet. He said, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, but it hadn't happened yet. This is the perfect example of the way our God sometimes works and speaks to us. He says things we don't see. Walk by faith not by sight. When we were moving into the, this, I, I keep doing this. I'm doing this because I'm picturing that this is a cliff. So if you ever see me do this, it's not because I'm almost falling off. I'm trying to illustrate, walk into the unknown, okay? Because I'll probably do it again. But the same thing, like, um, for us as a church, when we, when we were in this building, it was on 1425 Union, and it was a little small uh, office building about the size of the piano, and we were all trying to fit in here. And one day it sold. And I thought, oh, my gosh, I can't believe, God, you would sell our building. This is the worst thing in the world. I couldn't see past my obstacle of fear, of doubt, of worry. What are you going to do next? And then God provided Queen Palmer Elementary. It was a beautiful uh, auditorium. We had a huge gym for our kids to play in. It was wonderful. And then um, I was believing for this place. And I thought, when is it going to happen? And I couldn't see it because there were times that my perspective said, oh, no. Because our viewpoint can be blocked. You and I both. Our viewpoint can be blocked from what God sees by what's right in front of us. Our present circumstances, they block our viewpoint. All I could see was, what if I have to resort to making everyone meet in a park? It gets cold. What are we going to do? This, that's why... He said, I've got the right place for you before we had it in our possession. I believe, and I think I probably didn't show too much fear in front of folks. I would say, well, we got the, God's got it in his hands. It's going to be wonderful. I didn't know what he had for us, but God speaks to you. He will speak to you. He says to you, my sister, my brother, hey, I got this under control. I know you don't see the future. Your obstacle is what's right in front of you. It's the circumstance. I see past that. I'm, I'm, I'm up above, and I see a different way. March around the city, verse 3. March around the city once with all the armed men, and then do it for six days. Verse 4, have, have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing 
the trumpets. When you hear them sound a long blast of the trumpets, have the whole army give a loud shout. And this is going to be a spoiler, so don't listen to this part if you don't want to hear the end. And then the wall of the city will collapse, and the army will go up, and everyone straight in. This to me, and I know I've been growing up in church, so I don't believe it's the worst plan, but if I was to never see this before, I would say this is the worst plan I've ever seen. I can't believe that um, someone would do this. Someone in our church a uh, uh, couple months ago had a, a nice Mercedes, and they sold, uh, they sold it. No, that would be smart. They gave it. They gave it to someone else that had been in our church, and they said that this person needed it. And I said, that's the craziest thing I've ever heard. But sometimes God will ask us to do crazy things when we're walking by faith and not by sight. So verse 6 comes along. So Joshua, son of Nun, called the, he's not a nun, but he's the son of a nun. He's son of a nun, nun, nutcracker. Called the priests and said to them, take up the ark of the covenant of the Lord and have seven priests carry trumpets in front of it. And he ordered the army, advance, march around the city with an armed guard going ahead of the ark of the Lord. Verse 8. When Joshua had spoken to the people, the seven priests carrying the seven trumpets before the Lord went forward, blowing the trumpets, and the ark of the Lord's covenant followed them. The ark of the Lord's covenant followed them. The ark of the Lord's covenant followed them. The, ark, the armed guard marched ahead of the priests who blew the trumpets, and the rear guard followed the ark. They followed the ark. Everybody say ark. All this time, the trumpets were sounding. It was awesome. In the Old Testament, the ark always represented and was where God's presence was. I mean, now we say, well, God's presence is in this place. How could he be in this place if, if New Life is having church down the street? Is, is he there? Yes. What, the, what if I said no? That would be bad. Yes. God's presence is there as well. God's presence is at churches all over Colorado Springs and the world today because after he, you know, the Holy Spirit, he's here. He's everywhere now. But back then, he was in the ark. And the ark represents God's presence. This was a necessary component in this story, this reminded people constantly when they're walking, they're walking, they're walking, they're walking, they're taking another lap, that God's presence was with them. What if we would do the same? I think we would do, probably do better sometimes. We forget that everywhere we walk and everywhere we march and everywhere we take another lap, that God's presence is with us in that moment. But often we're taking the lap and we're thinking, oh, man, I just wish I can't wait till I get to Sunday so I can be in God's presence. Don't you know that God's, you're, the, you're the temple of the Holy Spirit and God's presence is in you? This was a reminder to them everywhere they'd walk. God is with us. So I guess we must keep, keep walking, keep walking. I talk to people all the time, not all the time, but I talk to people who get themselves in all kinds of trouble, all kinds of struggles. Oh, you don't know what I'm going through. Did you, and I want to ask them, did you ask God before you chose this, this, this decision? I'm not talking when you're at Burger King. Well, that's a choice right there. You needed to make a choice not to go to Burger King. But when you're there and you're deciding whether you should get two Whoppers or three Whoppers, I'm not talking about that. But there are most, a lot of decisions in our lives. I would say more decisions than less that you need to ask what God thinks. No, I just thought it would be a good idea. I did this. And yeah, and so I'm in this really bad situation. I can't believe it. I feel like everything around me is closing in. I'm like, ask God. We should do nothing with the, without God's presence. 
with us. There is so much in the scripture, so much in the story to teach. This is why Sundays are so important for an army that marches with hope without seeing the, the next step in front of them. You march with hope, and yes, God's presence is with you, but you know what you need? And you could do this at home, but sometimes we don't. We need something to take our eyes off of being blind and see the way God sees, and that's what worship is. That's why worship is so important, because all week long, all we may see are, are walls like Jericho, blocking God's promises and plans in our lives. But when you come to church, worship lifts your perspective. There's a thinking out there, and it's very prominent, and it's mostly in my age group and the ones younger. Oh, we don't need church to go to heaven. Well, yes, you don't, but I, I dare to see someone go to heaven who doesn't get encouraged all the time. They, you, we need it. We need our perspective to be lifted and that's what worship does the other night we had a, a night of worship and it was an awesome time together and um, it reminded us who we are my brother and my sister Jody and Ray it's nice to have you today they led us in worship it reminds us who we are it reminds us what we have worship reminds us who he is in our lives these people, as they're walking around, I don't know if they did this, but the Ark of the Covenant was a reminder to them, hey, I am not in this alone, and God is bigger than my situation, and I will keep marching until this wall falls down in my life. Is that good? That's just good. That just blessed me. I would like to hear what I said. It was a blessing. I, didn't, I would like to hear it. And then I would say, oh, it wasn't as good as I thought it was. I thought it sounded better, but... Worship reminds us that the Holy Spirit is with us and that we should take another lap at times. Take another lap. Listen, verse 10, here it comes. Joshua had commanded the army, do not give up a war cry. Do not raise your voice. Do not say a word until the day I tell you to shout. Then shout. I just want to take a moment with this. I want to say this to some of you. Shut your mouth. No, what are you talking? I'm talking in love. No, I'm not talking to you for me. Maybe God would say to you, stop talking. Stop talking about all the things. Oh, my gosh, this happening, this happening, this happening, this happening. Notice he doesn't want them even talking until they get to the end. You want trouble in your army? Let people start complaining, whining, talking about what they see instead of what God has said. Sometimes we talk about what we... I don't care what you see. God would say that too. I don't care what you see. You see, yeah, you see, but uh, glad you see dimly. You don't see what I see. You're not seen with my eyes. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. We used to sing that all the time. It drove me crazy. But the truth is, we need to open the eyes of our hearts and see what God sees. I have a word for some of you in your march around Jericho. Trust, expect, shut your mouth. If you have nothing nice to say, don't say it at all. I believe that. I learned that as a kid. Did you believe, learn that too? I'll hear people go on and on about how much they worry about this and this and stress about this and this when God would say, wait, wait, wait. Bethany said it earlier. Wait, just wait. The day I'll tell you, it'll be time to shout. 
It's like the time when you're waiting for the ruling on the field and you're waiting. God, did you see just what happened? That was the worst call in the world. I can't believe this life I live in. It is so unfair and you're waiting. You're waiting for him to answer. It takes patience. It may even require, and this is a word for someone today, not for me. Someone shared it with me a couple of weeks ago and this is the perfect moment for it. It may even require the seed inside you to die before it grows into what God has planted. I don't remember who told me it, but if you, seeds die before they grow. So I don't know what that seed of hope is, but let it die so it can grow. I don't like that preaching. That doesn't sound good. I don't want it to die. Verse 11, let's go quickly. So we had the ark of the Lord carried around the city, circling it once. Then the army returned to the camp, spent the night there. Verse 12, Joshua got up early the next morning. The priest took up the ark of the Lord. The seven priests carrying the seven trumpets went around, marching before the ark of the Lord and blowing the trumpets. The armed men went ahead of them, and the rear guard followed the ark of the Lord while the trumpets kept sounding. So on the second day, they marched around the city once and returned to the camp. They did this for six days. Can you imagine how these soldiers felt? I don't find anywhere that Joshua said, okay, everyone, this is what we're going to do. We're going to march around six days, and then the seventh day, we're going to march around seven times. No, we read that, but God told that to Joshua. I don't believe Joshua told it to the army. They just did it, and they start marching, and I believe you, you probably would hear, are we there yet? How much longer? How much longer do I have to do this? They started to sound like kids, sounding much like many of us. How much longer do we have to do this? Are we almost there? Prayer is like that. We don't always see the answers. I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm waiting for the answer. Why do we wait? Maybe God is wanting to change something in us in the process. He wants to just be with us. He knows when the answer comes. I don't know if this, I think maybe when the answer comes, we're not going to be praying anymore. We're done praying. Thank you. I'm moving on. I'll see you in uh, like nine weeks. That's how we are. Someone in the church was going through some really tough stuff, and I said to her, wow, you must be ready to give up and throw in the towel. And she said something very mature. She said, no. I know God is preparing me for something. And what he prepares, he also brings his power in due time. That's a word for some of you. Verse 15, we're almost finished. On the seventh day, they got up at daybreak. And what do you know? They marched around seven times on that day, except that on that day, they circled seven times. Can I encourage you? Your seventh day is coming. Well, that sounds good. That sounds good on paper, but yeah, it's easy, easy for you to say. Your seventh day is coming. They didn't know it was the last day. These guys marching around. They thought maybe they were going to do it 70 more times. They didn't know the seventh day was the last day. They didn't know right before the walls fall down. They probably didn't, they didn't know that it was going to happen. And then all of a sudden it starts happening. And they're like, whoa, I almost gave up. I can't believe it really worked. You probably don't either know when the last day is coming for your season of marching. Frank and Jordy, you don't know how long you'll march before what you want to see happens. I remember during our, our adoption process, we adopted Jaden, and we had gone like two years, or sounds crazy, but two years, or at least a full two years. And I remember us saying, we're done, we give up, we're on our last lap, we'll take one more lap and then we're done. I don't even think we said we'll take one more lap. We just said we're done. 
This is over. It's Christmas. There's no baby. It's two years. We are trying to do something nice for you, God. Thank you. This was no fun for us. Forget this. And we, besides that, we don't have any money to pay even if we did have a baby. What do you know? Less than a month later, we had the baby. We had the money, $20,000, and the baby's in our hands. And we just celebrated yesterday um, our gotcha day, where the day we got him. We left church on a Sunday morning. We went to this office building, and we picked him up. It was the most amazing thing. It just happened. But we almost quit. We almost stopped. We were almost on our last. We didn't even know it was the last lap. You say it hurts. How much longer? My brother, Angela, would you come up? And I just want you to just start running like this. Just keep running, and we're gonna, you're going to be an example. You're going to be a, no, in fast motion, as fast as you can. No, just right by me. Just right by me. Just keep running. I'm going to talk. No, I think it would be better. Okay. No, stamina, are you ready to take a break? Okay. I'm tired, too, just watching you. Let's just have you play instead. That's better. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Let your fingers run. You might say, I can't hold off this addiction any longer. I can't hold off this habit. I was planning to stop, and I stopped for a bit, and now I want to go back to it. I want to go back to, because I never saw the walls fall. So I, I'm going to, I'm done. I'm done running. But I want to tell you, can I encourage you, just around this turn, you may be so close, the walls might be getting ready to fall down. Don't let emotions, don't let feelings get in the way. You say, well, I don't have a major situation. Well, I'm telling you, that's, that's your uh, evidence that you need to run harder. Because God's got another wall for you to knock down. And if you're just kind of just running along leisurely and don't have anything to pray for or believe for, he's got something planned. If you'd seek him just a little bit, he's going to give you something impossible to do. Well, no, thank you. I'll just come to church and leave and come to church and leave. That, that, that might be fine for you and you'll probably make it to heaven. But I encourage you, press into God and let him show you your Jericho if you don't know what it is. It may seem like you're literally walking in circles, going to church, reading the Bible. I know some of you, you're like, I, I, I was supposed to do this. I know my mom told me when I was young. I read it somewhere in the Bible. Some pastor said it once. I heard a Christian rock song once that said, walk by faith and not by sight. And I feel like I'm just walking in circles. I read my Bible. I eat my vegetables. I lift weights. Whatever it is for you, I go on a diet. And then I watch my friends get skinnier than me. And I watch my friends get married. And I watch my friends get cars while I'm still marching. And I'm waiting for my car and I'm going to the bus stop. Can I encourage you? Your marching season is almost over. This is a year of hope for you. Well, you don't know that. Yes, I do. I believe that's a word for you. Your year of hope is here. Your marching season is almost over. Would you acknowledge that to God right now? Acknowledge what you think. Just pray. Or just sit. How about just sit and wait? Close your eyes. Maybe just sit still. We're going to be out of here real soon. But maybe God would say to you, your marching season is almost over. Blessing is coming for you. I could point out a number of you that I see that for. I could call out your name, and it may or may not embarrass you, but it's coming. 
my brother Patrick, I can't help it, but I got to say it. I got to say to you, whoever you are in this room, how much longer till my kids come home or straighten up? How much longer till I'm sick of this habit? I, I, I get sick of it and then I go right back to it like a dog to its. As the scripture says, that's how sin is. How much longer till I win this battle? Till I break this habit? Till I find new hope? Till I feel freedom? How much longer till I'm able to lift my hands and worship and not be ashamed? How much longer until I can come to church and feel like um, that I deserve to be here? How much longer till I can cry to you, Jesus, and I can actually believe that you're going to do what you say? The walls did fall down for Jericho. Hope is coming. Take another lap. You never know when it just might be your last one. Would you stand to your feet? I want you to read this scripture with me. Maybe it's a scripture to pray, as a prayer to God, but it's verse 16. I think I went that far, didn't I, at least to 16? And then maybe we'll get to 20. I'm not sure. But it says this in John chapter 6, verse 16. It starts the seventh time around. Would you read it with me? The seventh time around, everyone together, here we go. The seventh time around, I know this doesn't feel like a, like a, this feels like, a, I don't know what kind of churches read things together, but the, the Bible is powerful. This is the most powerful thing we'll say all day because it's the word of God. The seventh time around, when the priest sounded the trumpet blast, Joshua commanded the army, shout, for the Lord has given you the city. Oh, don't tell me to shout right now. Well, you know the rest of the story. Verse 20, it says, When the trumpet sounded, the army shouted. And at the sound of the trumpet, when the men gave a loud shout, the walls collapsed. And they took the city. Who's here today? And you say, I need something broken in my, in my family, in my kids, in my life, in my neighbor's life. Who would stand in for somebody today and say, yes, I need this. I need some walls knocked down. I want to be, I want to be the Joshua that makes sure it happens. Maybe your name is Joshua, and you will do that yourself. But God is making you the Joshua. All of us in the room, I'm sure that God's called us to bigger and better and greater. Not not better, but greater. Things to do, impossible things. And can I just pray over us all today? Lord. I just pray that you would help us to believe your word. Believe that you are good. When everything else around us says otherwise, Lord, I pray that we would be a people, believers, who walk by sight, know that would walk by faith, and believe for the unexpected, believe for the impossible. I pray for those who need to... to keep going, that want to quit. I want to say to someone, you're almost there. The walls will fall. Persevere, hang in there, keep at it. Stick it out, stay the course, press on, stand your ground, go the distance. Lord, let us be those kind of people that we would press on to win the prize in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening today. 
Remember, God wants to do the impossible through you and me. We encourage you to become a deeper part of what we are doing. Visit us at newsongcs.com and become a giver to the New Song Foundation and an investor in bringing this message of Jesus across the world. God bless you. Thank you.